What's going on guys? Your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. I'm your host, Josh Prep Igina, back again for a jam-packed edition of YBE MMA. Once again, as always, I am extremely grateful for you tuning in. Thank you so much. If you're not already, follow us on Instagram at YBE MMA Podcast. If you're looking for some dope merch, check us out. Teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA Podcast. Thank you so much. Let's talk about this week in MMA. We had a hell of a weekend last weekend with a huge main event, and I say that uh, no pun intended. Um, Obviously, that's the biggest news story of the week, but let's break down some of these smaller news stories from this past week. Um, So, probably my, I guess my favorite news story from the week is earlier this week, the UFC announced that they have signed Cage Warrior standout Patty the Batty Pimblet. Now, Patty the Batty is a lightweight fighting out of <clears throat> Liverpool, England. He's 26 years old. At the time of this recording, he is 16 wins and three losses on his record. And he is a beast. He's a killer grappler. Um, we watched in his latest fight last week. He has improved in his stand-up. His hands are a lot better. He's using a lot more dynamic strikes. He's the number two ranked lightweight out of the UK, and he is so much fun to watch. He has a killer entrance, which everybody talks about, um, as well as just supreme confidence. Um, A very, very strong accent which I think works in his advantage because he could say anything about you in trash talk and it sounds really really cool like he has a great accent um obviously from Liverpool if you guys aren't familiar if you're a UFC fan then you can equate his accent to the Darren Till accent because they're from the same hood um but just a ton of fun you know, something that keeps getting brought up about him, which you can see in any of his weigh-ins. He never takes his eyes off his opponent. And, uh, yeah, he finally accepted the offer. This is the third time the UFC has reached out to him. So that's really good to see someone who doesn't just hop on the train as soon as possible. He is aware that he needed some grooming. And after this last fight, it's clear that he was ready. He was probably ready a few fights ago. But uh, after this last one, he knew that he can put on a show. He did, and then he called Dana and on the broadcast and told him, like, yo, call me. So I'm looking forward to seeing Patty Plimblet in the octagon. He is a beast. If you do yourself a favor, listen to any of his interviews, and you're going to fall in love with this guy. He is a fantastic talent out of Liverpool, England. So congratulations to Patty the Batty Pimblet. A story that we covered, I believe, last week or the week before is 
Misha Tate coming out of retirement um, to fight after five years away. And I was very happy. Uh, Misha Tate was one of my favorites. Um, I look back and think about how I was never, like even now to this day, I was never really a Ronda Rousey fan. And I always rooted for Misha because I wanted her to defeat Ronda Rousey so bad. Um, but you know, she could never get it done. And she was great in her time in the UFC. She faced some killer competition with losses just to Rousey, Katzingano, and then the last two, Amanda Nunes and Raquel Pennington. But she was so much fun to watch. She was beautiful, and she didn't let that define her. Like, she was a fighter, and I love that about her. That was the, the best part about her character. Like, you look at her, and she was like, you're like, wow. But then you see her in the cage and her determination and then her skill. It's like, oh, there's more to that pretty face. And that's what's so great about her. She never let the fact that she was a attractive woman define her. Um, so I just wanted to circle back to the story because I've heard like two or three interviews of hers after the fact. And I think I can speak more on her motivations and her mindset going into this return because honestly when you think about it it's like five years is a long time to be away from the sport like it's evolved so much but you can say that but then you also have to remember how the talent has evolved as well herself I believe that Misha Tate now after listening to these interviews is in a better headspace I think that her life is a lot more in order. She has a family now, uh, two kids, so she's she's gaining responsibility. I think that her relationship with her prior, you know, we'll say coach or um, ex-boyfriend, Brian Carraway, um, especially from the news recently, you can kind of see that that relationship was a bit toxic. So I think for her that this comeback, she's answering a lot of questions about herself, you know, and showing that, you know, <laughs> I know that this isn't the, the reason she's coming back, but she's kind of the A side in that, that was in that relationship. And she's going to show that with or without him, this is not what she's looking to prove, but I believe that she's going to come back rejuvenated. I think she's going to come back more skilled. She's going to be at a new camp and, uh, she's it's like she said in one of the interviews like she doesn't have the anxiety of you know say oh leaving training camp and going home to a a bad situation you know she's not she's not worried about this she's not like i think that she's going to be in a clear headspace um i think the the motherhood is going to help her and we're going to see a brand new misha tate and i'm really excited uh I hope that she goes back. This is, you know, I'm all about the minor things. Sometime when she came into the UFC, she changed her nickname to like Misha Cupcake Tate. I hope that she goes back to her Strike Force nickname of Misha Takedown Tate because she's a killer wrestler. And uh, I think that the newer fans that have joined in and haven't seen her should know her as that Misha Takedown Tate. You know, the 
that she's all business in there. Like, yes, she's attractive, but she is all business in there. So I'm looking forward, once again, to Misha Tate coming back. I think it deserved a circle around because she's talked a lot recently, and I'm, I'm grateful for that because now we know how much better she is mindset-wise. From one return to another, Hamzat Shemaev, uh, one of the stars of the pandemic era for the UFC, just burst onto the scene 3-0 relatively quickly and was on pace to possibly be in the title mix after only four fights in the UFC. Unfortunately for him, he's been battling long-term side effects from COVID-19. And that's why we have yet to see him. We know that Hamza Chimaev likes to fight a lot, um, but he's he's had trouble. So the UFC ended up, if you know the story, the UFC ended up flying him out to Las Vegas to speak to some real doctors. And unfortunately, those doctors kind of told him, you know, the the procedures were working where it was helping him get back to normal. But then I believe they kind of jumped the gun and letting him know that he could start some cardio training. Uh, unfortunately for him, he felt sick again. And then when he went to the bathroom, he coughed up blood. And if you guys, once again, were following the story, you saw that he had posted that he was done after that. <clears throat> now we know why he thought he'd be done after that. It was because he thought that from him coughing up blood that that was cancer. Um, and later found out that it wasn't, hence why he retracted those statements. Now, yes, there is some government involvement, weirdly enough, uh, which we will not get into. We don't talk about politics on here. But, uh, but it seems like he's starting to get better. He is back in Russia and he's easing back into training and looking for a return in July. I cannot wait, man. Hamza Chemaev was really fun to watch. A great promo and just highly skilled mixed martial artist. I'm looking forward to him coming back. I don't care who he fights next as long as the person he fights next is ranked so he could put a number next to his name. And he says, once he's helped, he said, if you're in shape, training all the time, why should you wait for two, three, four months? Shemaev said, when I'm fit and injury-free, I can fight once a week. I love that. Uh, I hope that he does the uh, the quick turnarounds once again when he's able to fight. And I, I hope that he crushes it, man. It was just such a fun story from last year that I'd hate to see it end early. So congratulations on your comeback, Hamza. Let's get into some bad news. Uh, unfortunately, Darren Till is out of his main event against Marvin Vittori next week on ABC due to a broken collarbone sustained in training. So we wish the best to Darren Till. As of this recording, it is 8.28 a.m. on Thursday morning. Uh, there is not been a replacement named yet. Uh, it has been said that the UFC is called Kevin Holland. He has accepted the fight. I don't know what's going on, but uh, 
man, that'll be fun if he if he comes back that quick because we know what he's able to do in a quick turnaround. Um, hopefully he can get back on the winning end against someone like Marvin Vittori. And, you know, let's be honest, if he was to beat Marvin Vittori, it'd kind of shoot him up the rankings once again. The ranking that he lost, he'd be able to gain that back with the win over tough competition like Marvin Vittori, someone who's surging, um, someone who went to a split decision with Stylebender. So if you if that means anything to you, which it doesn't to me, but I think it's a funny, uh, <laughs> I think it's a very funny stat that he holds claim to. Like, he doesn't let it go. I went to split decision with Stylebender. He thinks he won that fight. You know, Stylebender makes that joke all the time. Um, I think if Kevin Holland could beat Marvin Vittori, and soundly, we'd be talking about him again, and that'd be good for him. Let's get into some fight announcements. Nothing crazy this week. You know, uh, Lauren Murphy versus Jojo Calderwood was made this week. Uh, if you guys are really excited about that. Oh, I got it. There was a great fight announcement this week. Out of nowhere, the co-main event of UFC 262 in Houston will be a non-title five-round co-main event featuring Leon Rocky Edwards versus Nathan Diaz. Wow, what a fight. Um, this is perfect. This is perfect. I love everything Nate had to say after this was, uh, was announced. I think that everybody should go follow that scenario that's going on now between you know him talking about that the main event is his old crown and he's coming for a new crown and he's the real king of the UFC and Conor McGregor do yourself a favor go find these text threads uh I think 10-8 Nate Diaz over Conor McGregor and everybody else uh I am a Diaz stan so Take my words with a grain of salt, but Nate Diaz is back, and I'm here for it. Uh, Leon Edwards has opened up at the betting lines as a sizable favorite. Let's see. I can't call it. I, I never know what Nate Diaz we're going to get. He's obviously always ready. He's always fit, but um, man, Leon ain't no punk. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. And good on Leon for getting a big name. You know, not a ranked name, which sucks for him because if he goes in there and gets beat up, guess what? Nate Diaz has a nice number three next to his name now. And where does Leon fall? So we will see. Congratulations, Nate, on your comeback. Obviously, the UFC came correct with some money. And that, under Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira, is a perfect, perfect matchup. I can't wait. So, we all know why you're here. You want to hear about UFC 260 from last weekend. So, let's get right into it. Maybe the last pay-per-view from the UFC Apex, UFC 260, featuring the biggest, baddest rematch 
for the undisputed title, Stipe Miocic versus Nganu 2. Let's start off at the bottom of the card because it did start off with a very fun matchup. Mark andre Bartol against Abu Azatar. Bartol gets the finish in the third round by ground and pound. Then we had Omar Morales defeating Shane Young by unanimous decision. We had Michelle Oleksiejczyk defeating Modestus Bukakis in a really close fight by split decision. We had Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov showing off some hands against Jared Gooden, defeating him by unanimous decision. Then we had Alonzo Menofield, you know, rushing Fabio Charant, the uh, Fabio Charant who came in on three, three days notice. Uh, Alonzo Menofield just rushed him, pushed him against the cage, threw him down, and Vlon Flew choked him in a minute and 11 uh, it was good to see that Alonzo Minifield back. He he looked like a killer, even though he was against someone who showed up on three days' notice. Um, then we move on to the main card, and man, it was a main card. As fast as I'm recapping this, that's how fast this card went. Uh, starting off with Jamie Malarkey knocking out Kama Worthy in 46 seconds of the very first round. Um, what a performance. He crushes Kama Worthy, and it's a shame because we know who Kama Worthy is. We know that Kama Worthy comes to fight. Unfortunately for Kama Worthy, he takes a lot of punches and a lot of damage in those fights. So, hence why he went down pretty early. Jamie Malarkey caught him clean with a left hook. It was devastating. Congratulations, Jamie Malarkey. Then we saw Miranda Maverick continue to climb up the rankings, defeating Jillian Robertson by unanimous decision. Um, there was some weird, you know, judging here, but nothing too egregious because I do think that the right person won the fight, but there's no way she 30-27'd her. It was 29-28 for sure. Jillian Robertson definitely won that second round. But it doesn't matter because Miranda Maverick definitely won the fight. But I'd just like to bring that up. Um, then we had Sean O'Malley defeating Thomas Almeida by knockout uh, in the third round. You know, he knocked out Thomas Almeida twice. With all that being said, I am still not a believer in Sean O'Malley after his last loss. Um, I'm not a hater. I do think that he is, you know, very good at what he does. But I think we need to pump the brakes on Sean O'Malley for a minute. You know, people were talking about Dominic Cruz. Just because Chael said something about it, Dominic Cruz has already refuted those claims. Um, but for people who are calling for Sean O'Malley to fight a ranked opponent, please, please pump the brakes. Let's build this guy up, man. That was the issue with the Marlon Vera fight. Marlon Vera is a stone-cold killer, and whatever Sean O'Malley says, it doesn't matter. You still lost that fight. So for me, I think we should still continue to build this guy up. He's a great personality, um, obviously extremely skilled, but I'm not as big a believer. I don't see title aspirations for this guy. That division is loaded. Um, 
And I just don't see it at the moment. So let's see a few more fights. Let's see his durability. Um, we saw Thomas Almeida's durability. The only man to get knocked out twice and come back. But uh, let's see how his legs hold up. I don't care. We know you took a few leg kicks. But go ahead and take a Peter Jan leg kick. You know, go ahead and fight someone, a killer like a Cody Garbrandt. Um, fight someone like like a Jimmy Rivera, where he's constantly kicking your legs all night. And don't even get me started on someone like a Jose Aldo at number five. You know, you got a hell of a road to go, you know, before you're fighting ranked opponents, dude. So let's pump the brakes on this Sean O'Malley train. Then the round of the night, maybe one of the rounds of the year, Vicente Luque defeats Tyrone Woodley by Darsh Choke in the very first round. Now, let's see. The story is how good Vicente Luque is. So I give him props. That was a great win. But I still think there's a story in Tyrone Woodley. You know, we've seen, we've never seen this version of Tyrone, you know. Tyron has always been a counter striker. You know what I mean? Um, with a heavy influence in wrestling. But Tyron, during his title run, fought best off of his back to the cage. And in the last 15 rounds before this round, he did not do very well. You know, he lost every one of those rounds um sometimes you know 10 eights were given in some of those rounds but this woodley the woodley that rushes to the center of the cage who's throwing bombs who's you know who has his guard up i think that this was a great version of woodley that i wish we would have got earlier now maybe he was smart not to do it because we saw one of the craziest sights with how shaky his legs were. This was meme worthy. But let's get, listen. He took a vicious shot from Vicente Luque. And he was still throwing, even when his back to the cage. Like I said, he's a counter striker. But unfortunately for him, Luque was able to get him down and submit him at 356 of the very first round. Um, Shout out to Tyron, man. You know, in my MMA fandom, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. I hated how he waited to get a title shot. And, you know, he was smart to do it because we saw what he was able to do with that, you know, time waiting. But um, he was a very fun champion to watch. You know, not the best media-wise. We all know, you know, Tyron is Tyron. Everybody said it all this week. Tyron is Tyron, and that's why you should love him. But uh, I'm just grateful that I got to see, you know, fun fights with him. Well, the one fun fight with him and Wonder Boy. And then the fight that started the craze of being scared of your opponent, where in the rematch, they both were extremely tentative. And, you know, it all goes downhill from there. You know, we had Derek Lewis and Nganu after that. 
And then obviously last year we had the awful fight of Adesanya versus Romero. But Tyron Woodley versus Wonderboy was the first one. So whatever happens to Tyron Woodley, I'm glad I got to watch you in your prime. You know, I don't know what the UFC does with him at this moment, but you know, this is four straight. He's he's gonna be forty or he is forty, so I don't think he has anything to prove. I'm sure he'll be just fine behind the desk because he does do a very good job breaking down fights. But let's talk about the main event. The champion. The greatest fighting champion in heavyweight history, Stipe Miocic, returns once again to face Francis Ngannou. Uh, let's talk about leading up to this fight. I thought, you know... Stipe beat one of my favorite fighters of all time in Daniel Cormier and soundly twice. You know, the first, the second fight was going really well for DC and the first fight, or I'm sorry, the second fight was going really well for DC until it wasn't as well as, you know, the third fight we all know that was marred with controversy, but Stipe comes out on top at the end. So when I see something like that, I think Stipe is untouchable. We saw what he was able to do against Francis the first time. Completely shut down Francis' game. Take a shot and uh, really show why he is considered, you know, the baddest man on the planet. But Francis just came in patient. Threw flurries when he needed to, and it worked out to his favor. You know, Stipe was still able to take his shots, but unfortunately for Stipe, he took one too many. So I do want to point out that when Francis Ngannou stuffed the takedown and threw that sprawl up on Stipe Miocic, first of all, it's terrifying, but the way everybody reacted it was like he won the fight there. It was crazy. Like, when he threw that sprawl, you heard, like, the golf clap. Like, like it's so crazy how people talk about that. Like, oh, the dude learned how to sprawl. Great. You know, I mean, it's... I didn't think it was that significant, but, you know, ultimately, it was a big moment in the fight. He threw up the sprawl. He tried to offensively wrestle, smart enough got out of there um and you know lived to fight another day went into the second round he hit Stipe you know he knocked down Stipe Stipe got up and landed a vicious shot on Francis where you know I've never seen Francis's legs wobble and Francis's legs you know buckled a bit Unfortunately for Stipe, he got overzealous and, you know, threw, threw caution to the wind. And it cost him his title. He got knocked out with a left hook and a freaking Thor hammer fist. It was devastating. And your new heavyweight champion, the new baddest man on the planet, Francis Nganu captures that title. Congratulations, Francis. 
It's a hell of a story. I've never seen a happier human in a cage after a fight. It was you couldn't you couldn't smack the smile off his face. It was so touching and you know, even afterwards watching the videos of the village in Cameroon watching the fight early in the morning was damn right like inspiring like how happy I was to see those videos and it, it like it kind of hits you like in the feels like kind of got to me I was a little choked up watching those but uh as as well as the Stylebender video with all those people watching the fight like you know this is big for those people you know Africa now has three world champions so for me this is like huge you know in in a time where you know racial inequality and like things don't go well for those people you know what i mean and 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 it's never been an easy road for those people and mixed martial arts is showing you know those people and i say those people you know with just i say that with every ounce of love in my heart because you know i i think that this shows how much mixed martial arts can be a outlet for groups of people whether it be brazilians or whether it be like russians you know mixed martial arts is a world wide sport and it takes the best from every country and in the ufc right now the continent of africa has three champions i think that that needs to be shouted from the rooftops i am extremely proud of those champions they are killers usman maybe one of the most dominant champions in history you know he makes these fights look easy francis is one of the scariest men in the world and izzy might be one of the most skilled martial artists and champions in ufc history you know he gives you anderson silva vibes with without the the games in the cage so i'm looking forward to see what's next obviously there's a new story here so let's get right into it we all knew going into this fight that john jones was the next challenger for the heavyweight champion whether it be stipe miocic or francis Ngannou on top before john jones vacated his light heavyweight title we knew that john jones wanted to get paid more money in john jones minds it's hey you say i'm the best pay me like the best well earlier this week we found out where john jones head is money wise there was a bunch of back and forth but let's cut right to the chase john jones said that he had a conversation with the ufc and he says that eight to ten million is not enough for a fight of this magnitude. John Jones, what magnitude? You are not a draw. Just because you're the best doesn't mean that people are excited to watch you fight, bro. How good you are does not, does not 
equal ticket sales and it does not equal pay-per-view sales. Um, we've seen what John has been able to do in the past on pay-per-view. And yes, this is a mega fight in mixed martial arts. But that's just one aspect of the fan base. You need to gain in casuals. And I'm sorry, John, but you're not the A-side on here. Francis Ngannou is the A-side. So <clears throat> me personally, I don't think we're going to see this fight. If you've listened to this show before, you know I don't give a damn about what fighters make. Because fighters don't give a damn what I make. So if the UFC wants to pay you what you're looking for, great. We'll see the fight. But if we don't, too bad. We can see another fun fight, you know. We could see Stipe Francis 3. Or we can see Derek Lewis versus Francis 2. Which I wholeheartedly believe will be a better fight than... <laughs> the uh the first one but there are no shortage of challenges for francis Ngannou, and i'm looking forward to see where this goes now obviously i'm not saying i don't want to see the john jones fight i do but i think that john jones is a little too quick to air his grievances um in public and it it kind of kills it for for him you know Dana don't like that. And it don't matter how you feel about Dana. He's signing checks. With no UFC this weekend, let's talk about some other organizations that are having events this week. So first off, starting with Bellator MMA making its return and its debut on Showtime, Friday, April 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. Let's just talk about some of the notable names on this card. So first off we have Roger Huerta making a return. Uh, he's notable because obviously UFC veteran um, and the first fighter to don the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine. Uh, he'll be facing Chris Gonzalez. Then we have Magomed Magomedov, the only person to defeat Peter Yan really defeat Peter Yan versus CJ Hamilton. Then we have Kana Watanabe versus Alejandra Lara. We have the debut of Usman Nurmagomedov against Mark Hamill. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Then we have Tyrell Fortune versus Jack May. In the co-main event, we have Neiman Gracie versus Jason Jackson. That's going to be a hell of a fight. And then in the main event, the always exciting Patricio Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez. This is the semifinals to the Featherweight Grand Prix. And the fighter who wins goes on to, not only takes the title, goes on to face AJ McKee in the finals. Uh, that is an extremely fun card. Pitbull though, bro. I gotta bring it up again. You gotta stop... <laughs> How do I say this nicely? It's so funny that Pitbull keeps bringing up Michael Chandler and saying how Michael Chandler is going to win only to show how good he is. It's ridiculous. I, I'm over it. Uh, but that's going to be a good card. I'm definitely tuning in live to that. And something else I'm tuning in live. Next Wednesday, April 7th at 10 p.m. on TNT, we have 
one championship on TNT one headlined by the flyweight champion Adriano Marais versus Demetrius Johnson. In the co-main event, we have Eddie Alvarez versus Yuri Lapikis. And then the featured belt, catchweight Muay Thai, Rod Tang versus Daniel Williams. I urge everybody to watch this card on TNT. It's a condensed three-fight main card with hella talent on it. The three A-sides for this card, Rod Tang, Eddie Alvarez, and Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson, quite possibly the greatest UFC champion of all time. Eddie Alvarez has never been in a bad fight. And if you don't know Rod Tang, you need to know Rod Tang. So at 10 o'clock, right after AEW on TNT, tune in. I urge you, Rod Tang is one of the most fun fighters to watch ever. And if you've never seen a Muay Thai bout, this is your chance. Tune in to one on TNT one. Real quick, before I head off, uh, we have breaking news at 9.15 a.m. in the morning. Uh, sources say that the Venom deal takes effect at this card next week and the kits will be unveiled next week on April 10th. So if you're looking forward to a new uniform with the UFC, get excited, I guess. Uh, the Venom deal is supposed to pay them a little more. Uh, we all know how the Reebok deal went, so I don't really care too much. I hope that one day we'll be able to get back to the UFC where they can have sponsors again. For the simple fact that I think when you get to pick your own color shorts and you put your sponsors, it kind of gives you like this individuality. You know what I mean? Like think about Anderson Silva in the split, you know, yellow and black tights or Chuck Liddell in the Iceman tights, you know, Rich Franklin in the brown and pink and the list goes on. You know, there was... There was so much individuality with the tights before, and Reebok kind of took that away. Let's hope that Venom can bring a bit more individuality to these fighters. But this has been another episode of Your Boy Elroy. I am Josh Prepigina. You can find me on all forms of social media, Elroy Prepson, one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBE MMA Podcast, as well as teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA Podcast. Uh, another thing, real quick, I I don't know if you guys know, but I sell vintage clothes as well. So I have a new Instagram. You can find it at M-I-D-S-W-I-T-H. P-R-E-P, -E Mids with Prep. Check it out. And uh, yeah, if you want to buy something, just DM me. But if it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.